0: This insert is brought to you by Radio K-Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.
1: Time to connect with Wendy Christine. She's a health coach and wellness practitioner at Integrated Health Solution. Before we get there, this insert sponsored by Mana Health Products, the only 100% natural organic supplement for blood sugar control. Thanks to Mana Health Products. Here she is, Wendy Christine. Morning, Wendy.
0: Good morning, Brad. How are you?
1: I'm good. Are you well today?
0: I'm very good. Thank
1: you. Fantastic. Thanks so we can pick this up again for this week. We started two weeks ago chatting about reading food labels and how important it is. Um, we've got to pick it up a little bit from some of the ingredients that uh, we need to take in moderation, Wendy. But before we get into what's part two, would you be as kind as of to run through what we can see on our food labels, on our packages uh, that we're getting from the supermarkets?
0: Sure. So the no, the normal categories that are covered on a food label would be the serving size. So is the item one portion or more than one portion? Um, how many calories are in that, in that um, serving? What is the cholesterol? How much fat? How much sodium? What's the total carbohydrates or sugars? Um, how much protein is in there? And if there's any vitamins or any other nutrient content, they will label that as well.
1: So for those of you who might have missed part one, you'll have to go back and listen to the podcast today, chatting around sugars, Wendy. Sugar is not just the the white stuff that's in the little bowl there next to your teapot uh, that goes into food. There's uh, food in general contains sugars. So tell us more about that.
0: Yes. So all of the carbohydrates or most of our food breaks down in some form or another into a sugar so that the body can utilize it because our bodies use glucose for fuel, But sugars or carbohydrates are especially dense in in sugar. And sugar is an empty calorie. So on its own, it actually has no nutritional value. It might taste nice, but it's Mm. actually not doing anything good for you on a nutritive
1: level. So what are the effects that sugar can have on our bodies, apart from the fact that it's offering us no nutrients, Wendy?
0: So they add to our calorie burden. Um, When we consume them, our insulin spikes. And then that damages the blood vessels and it makes us more tired, it makes us moody, it makes us gain weight. Um, you know, there's all sorts of fluctuations that happen when our blood sugar spikes.
1: So if total sugars are represented then by the total carbohydrate section of the food label, that number needs to be low, right? What, what is, how low is low?
0: Yes, we ideally want to go for low. Um, and you want to look at anything under, I would say, seven grams of carbohydrates, um, <laughs> You know, depending on what sort of um, program you're on, you might find some that are around three or four, and those are normally on the weight loss um, side of things. Um, but when you're getting to, like, 24 grams of carbohydrates, you know, you're having way too much that far of whatever you're doing, whatever it is that you're eating.
1: So, Wendy, does that mean, is that per 100 grams? Is that right? Okay, we seem... Excuse me,
0: I lost you there for a minute. Okay,
1: bit. I lost you as well, but we seem to find each other. That uh, those grams that you me- that you're mentioning, around there, up to three, up to seven grams of carbohydrates. Is that per 100 grams?
0: Normally per 100 grams. Uh-huh. Or sometimes even per 30 grams. <clears throat> so it depends on the size of the serving. And um, you're looking at your bars are normally around. I'm thinking specifically of protein bars and those kind of things. Um, health bars because those are the kind of things that people go for and there you're looking at probably around 50 grams
1: so those are good for you to a point but then they've also got enough in there for you to be aware and thinking maybe whole foods is where we need to be heading towards instead of these sort of pre-made bars that's
0: right
1: so the next one on there uh, is fiber so uh, uh, there's an importance though when we look at what's in the food we need to make sure things like fiber and protein that those numbers are higher am i right
0: that's correct. So, fiber is very important and protein is very important. And so, those would be two of the most, you know, that the, they are the ones that are going to feed our bodies the best. Well, fiber helps to keep your bowel functioning. Um, it also provides some nutrients for the good bacteria and intestines to thrive. And um, so, we feel healthier. It reduces bloating. It reduces your sugar cravings and it helps for blood sugar control. And then, protein feeds the muscles. So, that's necessary for energy and fuel. Um, And the protein content also
1: helps you to feel fuller as well. So to a point, I mean, we've probably received all, somewhere along the line, enough information to understand that there's going to be fats and protein and carbohydrates and then a few other things. And we sort of can get our head around that, I would imagine, in some other way. But then there are these other things on the food labels. These names we can't even pronounce, which looks to us like something out of a chemistry textbook, Uh, those are things we probably just ignore because it's far too weird and complicated and we don't even know what any of those things are or what they mean.
0: Well, that's quite right. It's it's almost like a code. Mm. And if you don't know what the code is, well, then you you don't really know what you're taking in. So I think that's very important. So the food additive aspect of any packaged food is, for me, one of the more important things to be aware of because we don't want to be exposing ourselves to all of those food additives. Mm.
1: So what are those food additives? What is their purpose in the food that they're that uh, we see on the label? What's What purpose are they serving?
0: So a food additive is generally not consumed on its own, um, and it's not a, ca- a typical characteristic ingredient of a food. But it's usually added during the processing of the food, um, and it can become a direct or indirect component of the food or the food's byproduct. So depending on what it is that we're eating, there is or trying to store or preserve, the food additives either add to that flavor or they help increase the shelf life or they change the uh, the dynamic of that product mm. to a degree so that it tastes better.
1: One of the things we're seeing a lot of nowadays is everything has an E code, almost like they've taken away all of the long-sounding names no one can pronounce and simply replacing them with E codes and then this uh, collection of numbers.
0: That's correct. So each food has assigned an E number um, and they first need to go through a testing process by the European Union. And so the E number actually stands for Europe. E huh. equals Europe. And because medical compa- chemical compounds and additives have these long and complicated names, as you said, the E numbers then allow for them to be understood internationally or universally. So everybody sort of speaks the same language. Um, well, everybody in the chemical industry knows <laughs> what they're talking about. Um, and you and I then are left to try and figure out which are these E numbers and what do they actually mean?
1: So my my first question here, are, are all the e-codes, it's kind of creepy to know there's all of these weird things that we don't even know what they are in our food. Is it okay to be consuming them? Are they safe for us to consume?
0: Well, I think in moderation, they will not be terribly harmful. But if that's all you're eating, then there is going to be a problem. Because if you think your e-numbers are made up of your sweeteners, your colorants, there can be some antioxidants in there, so those are not too bad. Sometimes we do need preservatives. Sodium can be a preservative. So, you know, maybe that's not too bad. Mm. It really depends on what it is that they're using and how frequently you are consuming these types of foods. If it's occasional, then it's not going to be harmful. But if this is what your diet consists of, over the long term, it could potentially be harmful.
1: And some of the e-codes that, uh, that are on there are ones we've spoken about not too long ago. I mean, we touched on, on MSG or monosodium glutamate just recently. We often have brought up sweetness and that sort of thing, including those that are, are known to be harmful. So we need to educate ourselves on the e-codes, surely.
0: Yes, I would think that that would be a wise idea. Um, I mean, we obviously can't remember them all, but they are accessible via Google. You can go and have a look if you're unsure. You can you know, put in those codes and you can see exactly what they are. So is it a colorant? Is it a preservative? Um, Is it something to thicken or emulsify that ingredient? Because emulsifiers are used, especially in your milks and your juices, so that they don't separate. Um, If you Mm. make um, an almond milk yourself at home, it separates in your fridge, and you've got to shake it up every time that you want to use it. But when you buy it from the shop, it's got all sorts of oils and other things in it, which add to its caloric value as well. and then take away from the
1: natural essence of that product. I know from our own experience in our home, Wendy, they're quite easy to find, these e-codes, and then um, you can even find ones that would say, look, these ones are actually okay. These ones you need to be concerned about, and they can potentially cause allergies um, because they contain sulfur, etc. So there's certainly plenty of of reliable resources around e-codes online. One just has to go and look for them.
0: There absolutely are. So, you know, if you are interested in that and you, you're wanting to take better care of your health, then I would look look those up and make sure that the foods that you're consuming are not contain containing the unhealthy e
1: Um. Just in closing, Wendy, this is our responsibility. We can't outsource our health to the people who make the food and assume everything they've put in there is going to be fine for my body. We're all different, and we've mentioned that many times before. So this is a point where when it comes to food labeling, we need to take responsibility.
0: Yes, I agree with you. I think it is important. We need to know what we're putting into our bodies. We can't blindly go along and assume that it's it's all okay. Um, and just because the you know the European Union says it's safe, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's safe or good for your body. And I think that's the important thing: is what works for you. And we need to be better at reading our bodies and learning what what makes us feel good. Um, and when we are. When we're having too many of these things, it's it's more difficult to identify the culprits that are making us not feel so
1: good. So what you're telling us here, Wendy, ignorance is not bliss. We're not going to necessarily be walking down a path to wellness and good health if we just assume everything is fine.
0: That's
1: right. Yeah, so our eyes are open again this morning and rightly so by Wendy Christine. She's a health coach and wellness practitioner at Integrated Health Solution. We love chatting to you, Wendy. Thanks for your time on a Thursday morning. And just a reminder to our listeners to keep an eye up if you've missed the or an eye out if you've missed the first part of this food label series, visit our website, kpulpit.co.za. Here's to a really great Thursday, and at least we're not living in Gauteng where it's 40 degrees today.
0: Yes. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm very grateful for that. And apparently, no water either. So (laughs) we're
1: we're, we're doing a little bit better today. We are. Take care, Wendy, till next time.
0: Thank you, Brad. Bye. Bye.